0: can't hand you a business plan but we can make you business wise so sit back and learn to make stacks with you octopus of enterprise
1: hi diana here and today you find me at the deck here at ntu enterprise we want to make sure our offers and services are the best they can be for our students our graduates and all of our businesses and to do that we've really got to be open to critical review. And that's us looking at what we're doing ourselves, but also taking feedback from others. And although that can feel really uncomfortable and actually a bit painful when you're doing it, it really is extremely beneficial. Which leads me nicely onto today's episode, which is all about bursting your business's bubble. But enough of me, let's get into my conversation with Martin. So today we're going to be exploring another one of the endless and ever so wonderful ways we can better our business, bursting your business's bubble. And who better to discuss this with than Martin Locaeus, entrepreneur and researcher at Chalmers University. Welcome Martin, welcome to the Octopus of Enterprise. How are you doing today?
0: Thank you. I'm I'm uh, I'm good. I'm I'm at my company, so today I'm an entrepreneur. But yesterday I was a researcher. So, you know, I'm I'm a schizophrenic person. <laughs> I have two jobs, two identities at least. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. That dual personality is quite useful, I find. Um, so I just wanted to go back a few years to when we were all working from home in this country and I approached you for a conversation and you were generous enough to say yes. And we met on screen. So that first meeting was about the entrepreneurial citizen. I know that Lots of stuff has happened since then with you. Most recently, a keynote at the 2023 Enterprise Educators UK conference. And that was all about critical thinking, all through the very helpful aids of The Matrix and The Wizard of Oz. So, would you give us a brief intro, a bit of a taste of what you were saying there?
0: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I I, I started out by asking uh, the audience, a couple of hundred enterprise educators, uh, this question Are many of us in EE? you know, enterprise education, just a bunch of blind, lonely, naive, lazy, and confused boomers. Does the (laughs) blissful and complacent matrix of uh, enterprise education have us all? And then I asked the audience if they wanted to take the blue pill to keep on, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss and go and grab a coffee. And they were invited to basically leave the auditorium or if they wanted to take the red pill. And I would show them how deep the rabbit hole goes.
1: A provocation, very much so, Um, but a challenge that was very much needed and welcomed, I think, when it came to enterprise educators like myself. So, like Neo, we all took that red pill with you and we viewed our world in a very different, more critical way.
0: Yeah, and that is where um, I basically said that uh, what if our communities of educators in entrepreneurship are... A stagnant group of people who have ideological faith in what we do, but maybe it's not actually working in the way we want it to do? What if we, uh, you know, trick ourselves into thinking that what we do uh, makes the difference we want to make? And if that is the case, how do we then instead go from religion to science and, and to see if we can, in a more structured way, examine what difference do we make for the people we are for? And uh, I mean, I I think this is applicable also to entrepreneurship uh, because how do you know that your customers are actually happy with what you are delivering to them? How often do you sit down and really listen carefully to what they are saying? How often do you meet a customer who is not happy? How often do you meet a customer who just said no to you and went to your direct competitor instead? I mean, I've been in that uh, situation countless times, and I know the gut feeling is that you just, uh, you know, you just bury that customer you lost and you go on with your life. You don't want to have anything to do with that person anymore because they chose another supplier and you shouldn't spend a minute on that person. But what if that person actually has some perspective-changing information for you that you then have to go and collect? So then you have to be open for this being a learning journey.
1: Yeah, which leads us nicely onto the purpose of today's episode, which is bursting your business's bubble. So looking from the outside in, examining what you could be doing better. And you gave a really good example there, Martin, about collecting data from your customers.
0: So, yeah, uh, I mean, um, my research is partly about entrepreneurship, it's partly about entrepreneurship uh, education, but it's partly also about uh, methods, entrepreneurial methods, but also scientific methods. And uh, the more data you can collect about what your customers think about what you're doing, the better to the extent that you can do it in a time efficient enough way. And I'll tell you what I do, which is maybe not so time efficient, but I I find it to be really, really interesting. Whenever I have a customer who is particularly happy about what we have delivered, I bring my video camera with a stand and I put it up and I sit there and discuss with this person or a couple of people, it could be two people as well, for an hour and really ask them a lot of different questions. What have you been up to? What was it that was interesting here? Why did it work? And what have been the challenges? And I ask them a lot of different questions. And then I sit down and I edit this video. Mm -hmm. So I achieve a dual purpose of doing such a video interview. I can use the material when I try to explain to other people what I can help them with. And when editing this video, I learned so much about what the customer actually says, because it's one thing sitting there listening for an hour, but when I edit the video for three hours, four hours, maybe it takes, I listen with completely different ears because I hear things that I didn't hear when I was there meeting them. And, you know, what does this have to do with research? Well, this is ethnography, ethnographic research. So there are research methods that entrepreneurs can pick up and uh, use them to better understand what value they are creating or not creating for their customers.
1: So really the business owner, the entrepreneur, you're talking beyond focus group here in what you've described, beyond just gathering a testimonial because we almost have that kind of positivity bias. In that case, we're looking for the good things that somebody says and often ignoring all of those bad things to get a testimonial that hopefully will get out there in the world. What you've done with that video, which we are able to do now, is an extreme form of listening, which is very much focusing down on the detail in a way that I just think that's a brilliant technique that an entrepreneur could use to dissect those bits of business to get much deeper. And where you've gone saying well that's ethnographic research it's really interesting that i see in your research the willingness to go across disciplines in a way that others perhaps don't and where you stay in your own lane and you go this is what we understand about this organization this sector this whatever then essentially you're going back into blue pill land if we go back to neo that you're just ignoring everything else and you're just going along with the channel so you're talking about extreme listening, understanding customers, and the ones that you've just described, you know, they they love your product. And earlier on in the conversation, you were saying, you know, we ignore the ones who don't. So what can we learn from the ones who don't like what we're doing and what can we get from them?
0: That's a good question. And I mean, um, it depends on how novel the value you are creating is. There are a lot of businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs who create value that we know pretty well how that value is best created. I mean, I've been working a lot in the transport industry and uh, to start a transport company, uh, you know pretty well what you need. You need a truck, you need somebody who provides you with customers who needs stuff transported, and then you start up. There is still a lot of variation in how you can do that. But... Um, I mean, the current company I'm running now, we are building a new scientific methodology that teachers can use in their everyday lives. It is pretty far-fetched, if you ask me. I mean, it could be one of the most difficult journeys I've ever been on. It's so novel that you might ask yourself, does the world even need this, you know? In a situation like that, for the first three to five years, we failed with nine out of 10 potential customers. Even if they wanted to try it out, they didn't uh, succeed. So there you can learn a lot from what doesn't work, but I still think if you're doing something really difficult with your company, I think you learn more from when it actually works really well, because then you can expand what works. And that perspective, there is a whole management theory around that. It is called appreciative inquiry. Mm -hmm. many times we focus on what doesn't work. We are problem-based, we are problem-oriented. If something doesn't work, if we have negative feelings around something, we tend to look there. I mean, that has taken us to where we are today, you know? So I'm not saying it doesn't work, but I'm saying if we're doing something really novel, we can learn even more from when we get it to work. Um, I mean, if I have a customer who's leaving me, I would have an oral discussion with the person who has just chosen to work with someone else. Um, and also that is something because I have a lot of students who learn to start a company by starting a company. And I have to explain to them the new generation, they are not raised with phones. Uh, well, they are. They have their phone all the time, but they don't talk in it so much. They don't use it <laughs> yes. as a talking device. <laughs> yeah. And I have to explain to them the value of synchronous communication. It's really, really good. You know, <laughs> you can learn so much from having a dialogue In real time, with another person that you are seeing, and you can ask questions, you can ask follow-up questions, you can let the dialogue take its own way. What many people instead do is that they send their customers surveys, where they get to click, you know, from one to seven, you know, I like you like number three. Okay, what can I learn from that? You know, you are number three in my life as (laughs) as a customer. I can learn nothing from that. I have to talk to the person, you know. Why don't you like me at all? Can you tell me more? What then happens uh, with customers who don't like you is they don't tell you the reasons why. That problem you don't have with the happy customers. They will be honest around why they are happy. So if you listen really, really carefully, they will actually tell you what is working. They are not happy with you because they think you are a nice guy. They are happy because you have helped them with something. And here is another entrepreneurship theory that I really, really love. It's the jobs to be done theory. Uh, which is basically, you know, what job are you helping your customers to get done? And if you don't understand that job that they are doing, you will not be able to get another happy customer after that one. So I think that is what this is about, to understand what value you are creating.
1: So Martin, we're talking about this and about having conversations and you've already identified that, you know, there's maybe, uh, I want to not necessarily pinpoint a generation of people, but there's perhaps certain people who don't, Enjoy or are not used to having those one to one oral conversations, whether that be picking up the phone or on a video call or just in a space somewhere. Have you got any tips or tricks for how to start doing this, how to be braver about it if you're not feeling that that's your comfort zone?
0: I think um, there are some entrepreneurship methods that emphasize that uh, the people you interact with are users or they are customers or You know, that is a transactional way of looking at the people you create value for. We seem to have forgotten that entrepreneurship is a deeply relational profession. What you do when you work with customers is that you work together with them. You co-create the value for them, with them, and you want to have this relational approach to working as an entrepreneur and, you know, drinking coffee, meeting them in real life. Okay, it's, uh, you know, it's easy to book a video meeting, but uh, don't forget that meeting a person in their context, uh, drinking their coffee is a wonderful thing. And even if you're not, uh, you know, if you wouldn't define you as an extrovert, uh, that doesn't mean that you cannot be relational or that you wouldn't enjoy being relational with other people. You know, we have so many different ways we can interact with people and try to do it in a relational rather than transactional way. And I think you will find you will have a happier life as an entrepreneur, you will have happier customers, Uh, you will learn more. And um, yeah,
1: there's a very old adage of people buy from people, which is what you're saying here. And that is what value creation for others has at its heart. Um, And sometimes I meet students who go at it from the other way, which is like a business needs to make money. Yes, it does. But if that's all you're pursuing Mm. that is very, very transactional.
0: Yeah. I just finished a text on um, what if we need to redefine entrepreneurship. And what I basically say in that uh, paper is that uh, we need to go from competing to cooperating. Entrepreneurship is not a competition. It's a Mm -hmm. cooperation. Let's go from venture creation to value creation. Let's go from hedonic heroism and, you know, listening to uh, these uh, super famous entrepreneurs, which kind of alienates actually a lot of people to instead talk about teamwork that is pro-social. So, yeah, that's where I am.
1: I'm really interested in that. I will get on my high horse about, you know, what an entrepreneur is supposed to look like and the role models we have out there and the things that hit the headlines. And we did an episode around what an entrepreneur looks like. Um, I think that is a bubble that we very much need to burst. So I'm with you on that collaboration, learning journey, whatever of entrepreneurship. Yeah,
0: I mean, learning can only happen if you try something new. If you do something, you already know how it's going to end up. You will not learn so much or anything at all. There's a British uh, researcher, Peter Jarvis. He basically says harmony is a non-learning situation. So okay. if if you're striving <laughs> for harmony in your life, you might actually take away the things that might provide you with a lot of meaningfulness in your life.
1: It's kind of going back to um, we previously on the podcast had Oge talking about balance and leadership and well-being, and one of the things that she was talking about was constructive conflict and so again we're talking about this idea of to better your business you need to challenge you need to question yourself and this idea of bursting your bubble is taking a step back it's welcoming the critique it's thinking about the weaknesses that you have learned about your business and learning from them so that you can improve and that you can actually make your services meaningful. And if you're listening to this episode and you have an enterprise or a spark of an idea and you want to get help bursting that bubble and directing its value and meaning, I'll just cheekily plug that we've got lots of services on offer here at NTU Enterprise. Um, I think we're really looked at bursting that bubble. It's not just by <laughs> taking that red pill. It's it's really quite a lot of self-examination and an understanding that entrepreneurship, this learning journey, well, life a learning journey in a way we're getting really expansive here martin because you've opened up (laughs) so many possible like little avenues that you could go down so even if you think you've already succeeded there's still room to question to dissect that business that you've got and to think a little bit more deeply about it and see how you can do better um which is what the theme of our current series of podcasts is all around but That's all we've got time for today. Um, This has been another way to better your business critical thinking looking from the outside bursting bubbles Um, and I just have to reflect that that seems daunting in adulthood. But actually, as a child, I loved blowing and running around and bursting bubbles. So perhaps that's the way we should approach it. Um, Sadly, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you, Martin. And thank you for listening. I've been Diana Passac-Atkinson and you've been listening to The Octopus of Enterprise. Bye. (laughs)